Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, home of the Fantrax Network. We're the podcast that will hopefully be at the top of the rankings at the end of the season. Knock on wood. I got with me Coach James Lewis. Coach, what's going on? How was your Christmas slash holiday? Oh, it was wonderful. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed your holiday. I hope you had a Merry Merry Christmas. this just in, James Harden can still play basketball while partying with strippers and rappers all the time. So that's a that's, nice little side note. That's <laughs> just really in. me with a James Harden today, and I was I was prepared so he can still hoop while doing extracurricular activities on the side. I don't know if that was breaking news because I've already known that. I was going to intro you with something on, but we don't have Brad today, and I have to keep it consistent. <laughs> Understood. Taking his spot... We have a guest today. He's a high school teacher who stole fireside chats from FDR without his permission. <laughs> we'll let it slide. I won't contact the Roosevelt family. Director of Football Operations and Hammercast.com. Co-host of the Double Ds. A girl dad. And since Brad isn't here, we didn't bring in just one. We brought in Dub Boys! Kevin Coleman, what is going on? Hey, man, I'm glad to be here. Um, I love what you guys do on this. And, you know, I love, even though I'm a football analysis and do a lot of stuff, I am a basketball boy at heart. I coach varsity boys basketball. Um, I've actually been playing or coaching for the last 22 years. And it ages me a little bit there. Uh, But I love everything that has to do with basketball. So it's got to be something with twos because that's in your Twitter handle. That's how long you've been coaching basketball. You're also the second guest we've had to be on our football and basketball show. For the listeners um, that maybe aren't aware, Kevin is really, really into the fantasy communities, provides some great articles and content there. And, um, you know, we've, we've started talking and getting to know each other, and it's a pleasure having him on. And, fellas, we have a great show planned for today. We had a little hiatus with the interviews that we dropped, Ricky Pierce and Steve Buckantz, and the holidays. So we have a lot of contract talk to catch up on. After that, we're going to talk about the NBA. It's one week in. We want to give some takeaways or maybe some too early predictions from early in the season. After that, we'll go to our question of the week. Who is the worst contract in NBA history? And boy, oh boy, can I wait to hear your guys. And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first, some news and notes. First little bit of news and notes. Four Rockets must quarantine until Wednesday. John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Gordon and Mason Jones were considered close contacts under the NBA COVID-19 protocol. James Harden was fined 50000 but not suspended. So, Coach, I want to start with you. Do you like the way the NBA handled this situation? Well, in Adam Silver, we trust, right, E? Your famous quote. So he was I stand on by the- it. I stand by it. I, and, I'm with, and I stand by you on that. Um, I watched the interview on the jump, and um, – he was very candid uh, talking to Rachel Nichols. He said it was the first offense and it's Christmas, people. Um, he also stated that the discipline would ramp up. He fined the 50K, which is actually the max per the collective bargaining agreement. So also James Harden's star status, I think, had a little bit to do with maybe not getting suspended. Um, 
as far as the other players, they're trying to stop a potential outbreak. So, um, you know, I understand holding them out for a game. Um, is it right? Only time will tell, but I'm going to go with safety right now and hope for the best. No, good answer. I think it's an interesting point. I didn't even think about it, them not suspending Harden because he is a superstar. Now, if, if he had missed games because of it, he would have missed 284000 per game, which chump change to him. That's probably that's, more than all of us make combined for the year. That's <laughs> less than he spent on little baby's birthday party, right? That is true. 300000 for little baby hanging out with him in ATL birthday bash. He's a rap wife for sure. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think they did it right. I mean, the thing is, you got create, you have to create the best overall integrity for the league. I think Silver knows that, and I think it's unlike football, basketball. If you lose a, a team with a major outbreak, that could ruin everything. I mean, they have to be really careful here. They don't got guys. The G League only has so many guys, guys. They don't have a lot of guys they can bring up and say, "Let's plug and play." And if I was looking at it too, I read a really good article by Brian Windhorse, and he was talking about how the revenue dropped from ten percent last year, so they lost eight point three billion dollars just because of COVID, if you do that and you add, oh, I'm going to suspend James Harden and lose all this revenue, at some point, the NBA's revenue issue is going to be a big problem. So you can't just go around and suspend James Harden. Now, James Harden's got to be smarter. I don't know if he is. Those strip clubs and stuff, they, they like those things. That's why I worry about him going to Atlanta. I don't know if he'll survive down there. Um, but, for you know, they got to they gotta do what's best of the league. They got to be smart. The players got to be smart, too. I think they think that these checks are just going to keep getting cash and direct deposited, but – NBA is losing money, and if they don't get their COVID stuff ready, then that's going to be a big issue for them moving forward. It's interesting because we were in the bubble last season, and it was so well thought of, and you didn't have to worry about any positive cases arising. Probably the only thing was people like Lou Will leaving the bubble. But now they're seeing what happens when you try to play a sport in a non-controlled environment. And, you know, the the Rockets and Thunder had to be postponed because – the Rockets couldn't feel or couldn't play eight players, which is the minimal. So hopefully we don't see too much of that this season, but I think similar to baseball and football, it's, it's expected. Next little bit of news and notes, a little bit more unfortunate. Carl Anthony Towns dislocated his wrist and is going to miss several games. Very unfortunate for the Timberwolves as they were off to a 2-0 start, and he was averaging 22.6 points per game, 11.5 rebounds, and five assists. So, Kevin, I want to start with you. Is there anyone on that team that can produce even like a smidget of that production that he had? Uh, well, okay. So probably not totally that production. He's been playing very well. Nas Reed's all right. I don't know if you guys know, think what you think about him. I think he's okay. Like at, watching him come out, I, I, I was kind of, I wasn't high on him, but I liked him the way he played. Um, you know, last game against the Lakers, he had 11 points and five rebounds and four assists. So I think he's an okay option for them, um, but there's nothing that can replace cats production so what they're gonna have to do is lean on d'angelo a little bit more they got ed davis coming off the bench now but i didn't even to be honest guys ed davis is one of those guys i'm like he's still in the league um but you know they got reed and davis and i think they're just gonna plug and play and hope that d'angelo can score a little bit for them and and they can compete but they didn't look good last night that's very true and and it was coming off a win at utah before which was impressive yeah coach similar thoughts yeah, it's unfortunate. Two, two and zero start um, on a team that I I pegged as one of the bottom teams in the in the Western Conference. I just really that was kind of low on them. Um, I, my heart goes out to Cad. I mean, he's clearly in pain um, emotionally with the loss of his mother to, to COVID, and now he has physical pain to add with that. So you know, I think the entire basketball community um, reaches out to him in that regard. 
Um, Nas Reed is somebody I've liked since high school. McDonald's All-American. He played that one year at LSU. Um, he did get drafted, which I was shocked at the moment because he just handles the ball fluidly. He's got a good stroke. He can hit the three. Um, he can go to coast to coast. Uh, I think he'll get pretty good numbers. He, like, he, hit, he hits the three. He had two steals as well to go with those other stats in that spot start. Um, I don't know if he's a winning basketball player, so I don't know if that's good for uh, the T-Wolves winning and losing games. But he definitely holds fantasy value in um, deeper leagues. Uh, Herman Gomez and McDaniels, Vanderbilt. Yeah, the rest of those bigs, Ed, Ed Davis, those guys aren't aren't good at all. They're not going to help you win games. I, I, I see them going with a lot of, like, four-guard lineups going forward. And, um, yeah, I was going to say yeah, that's no, what that's a great point. And I look at Nasri's stats yesterday, 11 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals. That's a good line. I don't think he's going to have that all the time. I think especially there's going to be less scoring because D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley has been shooting the ball a lot. I think they're going to rely on those three a lot for offense and Nasri will probably be in there for defense and rebounding. So maybe if, I mean, he doesn't, he had three blocks the first game. So maybe if in a head to head or points league, if you're looking for rebounding blocks that he's a good plug-and-play option for the next couple weeks. I I wouldn't recommend him outside of that. Next little bit of news, and we're staying with the injury bug, unfortunately. Spencer Dinwiddie partially tore his ACL and is expected to miss the remainder of the season. Coach, real quick, does this have huge implications for Brooklyn in their title run? I think uh, time will tell. Do they find another backup point guard? Or do they start going looking in that type of bank, maybe like a Derrick Rose? Um, but, like, then again, are you giving up assets? I mean, Levert has looked amazing um, in that six-man role, and, I mean, he can have the ball in his hands. But Spencer fit with Kyrie. He fit with Kevin. He fit with the whole Nets culture. Um, scoring 20 a game in, in the previous seasons, I think he was really going to take a, a back roll and kind of sacrifice for that title run. Uh, it, it, it just happened. So we'll see if, like, Tyler Johnson or some of these other backup guards can can step in and play. But that team is very deep. I mean, Landry Shamit's there as well. So I think they'll move on, and they'll still be in the top, top tier of the Eastern Conference. Um, but it's definitely a big blow. A blow. He's, a, he's a really, really solid NBA professional player. Yeah, and, and a walking bucket, somebody that's never really complained about his minutes and a great Twitter follow. Kevin, do you feel the same way as coach? Are you a little more pessimistic? Well, I just think what people need to realize is that the Nets, I mean, they're one injury away from one of the two dies to be a very bad basketball team. I mean, Irving has had his problems, and then we know Durant's coming off of his torn Achilles. Um, and Dinwiddie was a big piece for them. I think that they needed that scoring and they needed him to kind of solidify the, that, that starting rotation. So I, I get worried about it. I think LaVert's going to be fine. I think, you know, my boy Tyler Johnson, he needs a haircut the last time I saw him, but um, I, he he can shoot and I think they'll plug and play. And I think they'll be very active on the, on the buyout market and the trade market. They're going to have to find somebody to solidify that role. Um, and who knows that be, maybe it's Crowder. I heard Crowder maybe, and those type of guys that maybe can come in there, but that's, it's going to be a big loss. And they need to make sure those other dudes stay healthy. Cause, and if they don't, we could see the Nets being, you know, after the first game, everybody's talking about them winning the NBA championship. And now because of injuries and things like happen, you know, that, that could be a team that we're, we're looking at like, wow, they had potential, but they just couldn't finish the season. And talk about Karis Levert. He is an injury prone guy too. He seems mm-hmm. to get hurt every year, even dating back to college at Michigan could never stay healthy, but when he's on the court, he's solid. I think Torian Prince is someone to look at if you're in a deeper league. 
he's going to get some minutes and has been a proven vet. And Kevin, I think you're right. We're early in the season. So every team, I mean, the Magic are 3-0, and the Hawks are 2-0. and So I think everybody thinks that they have a chance. But as we go later in the season, you're going to see some names being bought out or traded. So um, I, I think, I think we should. That. I think we should also keep an eye on how, how long the timetable of a partially torn ACL is. I tore my he's, he's, he's out. He's out for the season. They already said it's season ending. So does that mean no chance to come back into the playoffs regular season or Woj Woj said season ending and I'm not one to doubt Woj. Regardless if you bring him back in the playoffs, that's just it's hard to get in your rhythm yeah. um, that late. So that is a huge, huge blow for the It is. And then last little bit of news and notes, just touching on this. Our favorite for rookie of the year, Obi Toppin, suffered a right calf strain and will be reevaluated in seven to ten days. The Knicks play four games in the next week and Toppin will miss a decent portion probably ending his rookie of the year, uh, any likelihood that he had. So sad news on that end, but hopefully just a minor setback for a major comeback. But Spart- but speaking of major comebacks, do you like what you hear so far? Not that we're making a major comeback, but make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and football show that you can check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. And Kevin's been on one, too. If you're enjoying the content, how about getting off to an undefeated start and giving us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and IG, at TripPlayFantasy. Myself and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, occasionally showing David tweeting for clout, and our weekly episode drops. You know that feeling when your favorite team starts out the season an unexpected 4-0 and and they get talked about on national television? That's the feeling we want to provide. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you for the loyal players for your listens each and every week. And quick plug, we also have a swag store as well. So get your grandmas, enemies, anyone that you dislike or like, you know, because getting gifts for people you like is actually a thing as well. Some triple play swag and make sure the world knows. All right, fellas. Some people signed contracts and some didn't. And we have a lot to cover since we have been off for about a week and a half. So we're going to talk about four players, two which signed the Supermax, and the Brinks truck is backing up, backing up, backing up, and two who uh, maybe their pen is a little dry waiting to sign that contract that just didn't happen and waiting to cash in. So the first, and you already know we had to talk about him, Giannis Antetokounmpo signs the largest deal ever, five years. Supermax extension worth, wait for it, $228.2 million. That's me blowing up thinking about how I'll never have a fraction of that money. He has an opt-out clause at, or he has an opt-out clause after the fourth season. And in the fifth year, wait for it, he's making $51.9 million. That is ridiculous. And we thought Westbrook and Wall in the final year, their contracts was insane. Kevin, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on the contract? And now that Milwaukee is locked into the core of Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday, they don't have any picks they can mortgage. They pretty much are are keeping those three. Do you think they're going to win a title? 
Yeah, uh, well, first about the contract, that's a lot of money, man. And I give him credit for that. Um, as far as the title goes, I've never been a big Giannis guy. I think he's very good, obviously, but he does have limitations to his game. But I'm definitely not a big Middleton guy. So the thing that I worry about is that second guy. That second guy's got to be a legit NBA star. And I don't think Middleton's ever been that. Drew Holiday's okay. Um, but again, still same thing with him. I don't know if that core can take you to an NBA championship. Um, and they're not better than the Nets, even though I just kind of bagged on the Nets last time. But I, I don't think that they are if the, if the Nets are healthy. Um, as far as the deal goes, we've seen guys that sign those deals and they get traded, what, two years later, three years later? I think this was a, I'm going to get my five-year Supermax and we're going to try to compete. But I wouldn't actually be surprised to see Giannis get traded after a couple of years if he's not happy there, if they haven't competed. Let's say they get bounced out of the second round this year. Um, that's something that a lot of these NBA guys go. As much as I hate it, these NBA guys will see that and say, you know what? So contracts to me don't matter as much anymore because what we see, it's a, it's a player-driven league. It is what it is. They're going to get traded if they want to get traded. So, um, But I, I, I give him credit. I just don't think Middleton's that guy. I just don't think he can help you win a championship. That's very true. And a player could sign something that says no trade clause and one year in say, okay, I'm unhappy. I'm waiving my no trade clause and trade me or I'm going to put it on social media. Yeah. Uh, Coach, what are your thoughts? I know you've been chomping at the bit to talk some Giannis. Uh, I have. This has probably been our biggest topic that we've talked on the pod uh, before. Um, wanna, I'll touch on the Middleton thing first, uh, just because that was the, the point made. Uh, Middleton is now in a role where he's not the ball's not in his hands where he has to go make a play and get a score, which it, it, it was kind of forced on him with, with, with Giannis like lack of ability to do that himself. Uh, so I'll see how the Drew Holiday experiment will work. I think they both hold value if the experiment doesn't work to maybe get traded around, but um, this is everything for the Bucks. This is everything for the, the league. This shows the type of man Giannis is. He's loyal. He's grateful for this opportunity. And Milwaukee believed and invested in him. He is great for the smaller market team. And he helps bring parity to the NBA. He was going to go to Miami or Dallas. It would have been a wrap for probably the foreseeable future of the league. Maybe not this year in L.A., but um, Luka and Giannis pairing, which is many was people were, were talking about, would have put a, put, put, a, put a seal on things. I think it makes it all worth it for the five picks they gave up for uh, Drew Holiday. If you if you sign him and you know without a doubt you're you got a running mate like Drew Holiday with Giannis and Giannis signs it, especially four years uh, of that guarantee. I don't know under the table he's saying if if it doesn't work out, it will agree to to trade me. But um, that's that's five years uh, and four completely locked in. This is a super super win for the Bucks in the league. And I was saying that I I really really wanted this to happen. I believed it was going to happen. Um, and, and I just, I'm happy for not only honest, but for the Milwaukee Bucks organization who, what they haven't won a championship since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, uh, Oscar Robinson. <laughs> so I want to ask you guys, what, what comes off the tongue better? The Milwaukee Giannis's or the Milwaukee Antetokounmpo's? Which one do you like better? The Milwaukee Freaks. <laughs> okay. Um, that, that takes me to my point. Giannis owns them. He literally got everything he wanted. He got the players he wanted. Milwaukee mortgaged their future. The the reports I saw, Giannis pulled out his phone and said, look at everybody that's recruiting me. You better pay me. I don't think he wanted to stay in Milwaukee 
because he loves the city. And maybe he does. And, and maybe that's an unfair assumption by me. Giannis wanted to get paid. And I could totally see him doing what Kevin says if they don't win two to three years in his contract saying, I want out. And I don't, I think Milwaukee is going to be a good regular season team. My issue with them is I don't see the chemistry. Giannis can score and create his own shot. He's not a great jump shooter. Yeah. Same with Middleton. Middleton can create his own shot. And maybe Drew Holiday is going to be that missing piece that's the distributor. But I think when playoff comes, it's a lot of isolation ball. And I think that's always been their problem. And I think with Giannis, what he's getting paid, he can't, you can't pass the ball to Middleton and expect him to take over games. Maybe the occasional, but you're paying Giannis the most money ever. He needs to carry the team on his back. He needs to be able to do everything that you're paying him to, to shoot the three, to be able to make free throws that we saw he couldn't do against the Celtics. Giannis needs, now that he's gotten everything he wants, he needs to put it on himself because if this doesn't work out, he needs to exhaust everything that he's done. If he expects Milwaukee to keep catering to him, well, that it's just not going to happen. They're going to run out of assets to give up. I'm rooting for Milwaukee. Like Coach said, they're a small market team. I just don't see this ending well, unfortunately, and I hope I'm wrong. But I do. I want to make. I do want to touch on the point you said about uh, the, the, basically these are the, the Milwaukee Giannis's. Um, yeah. it, it reminds me a little bit of how Houston has treated James Harden, and we see where that situation is you, right now. There's there's an article. Uh, I think it's from Tim McMahon of ESPN Dallas. Absolutely. How basic, yep. How how Houston shot themselves in the foot because they uh, and and Coach will appreciate this. They appeased Harden so much, World War II uh, term, that he got whatever he wanted. And now that he's not getting what he wants, that's why he puts up a stinker. That's why he's showing up to training camp, and that's why he's out of shape, even though he's putting up 44 and 17. And that's why he's going to parties, is because he's putting up a pal. And that's what happens when you keep giving in and giving in. People don't know no, and the first time they hear it, they don't like it. That's why you have to put an to it early. And I think what the difference is between those, these two situations is that I just trust Giannis's character a lot better. I just think that he's just a better person and that I don't think that he's going to be pouting. And he's definitely not going to be hanging out with, with strippers. And he's going to utilize his t- his time. To, he's one of the hardest workers in the league. And he's going to utilize that time to get to grow his game. He is only, what, 25 years old. So he still has a lot of room to grow in his game. And um, all these playoff experiences, uh, g- getting close, Western Conference Finals. You're they haven't been to the Eastern I'm, Conference. I'm sorry, Finals, I don't think. E- Eastern 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 Conference Finals the year before last, and then I last know. year um, losing to the Eastern Conference champion in Miami. I think those wars are going to help build him, and then maybe with you know with Drew, it, it might work out. Um, uh, time will tell. I know you, I picked them to be. Uh, in the, my preseason pick to be in the championship, although you know I have doubts, just like all of us do, about Giannis's ability one to take over games, but two, his inability to shoot is his biggest weakness. Time will tell. Time will tell. But let's transition to somebody else that got paid. And oh man, does this make me want to ask for a raise at my job? <laughs> Rudy Gobert, five-year supermax, worth not as much. Only a small 205 million extension. I mean, that, that's that's barely like a penny. Um, but it locks him and Donovan Mitchell as the core of Utah for the foreseeable future. So, Coach, I'm going to start with you on this. Do you like this core? I like to see it out. I, w- I wouldn't like to see him walk. So, I, I do I do like 
um, him and Donovan. I think they 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 play well together. Um, outside of that, you have uh, Bogdanovich, Ingles, and Conley Jr., who really are in that that back end of their their really good playing days. So it's kind of you know a win now situation. I really do like the makeup of this team. Um, they didn't have their leading scorer in, in Bogdanovich for the playoffs last year, uh, so it, 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 we'll see. Uh, they the, the Conley Jr. rim around job that lost them game seven. I mean, they could they could have easily advanced against um, the Nuggets, and with Bogdanovich in play, it, it might really fit their team because they really did miss him both um, offensively and defensively. Another small market team retaining an all-NBA player. He's a top 10 defense himself. He's great at finishing as a diver. And he still has trade value if a couple failed attempts a couple years go by and the Mitchell-Gobert experiment doesn't work. People like uh, the Mavericks will, will, will take a long look at him because of, he value, because of the value on the defensive end that he does bring. Yeah, and, you know, they're locking into the pick-and-roll 2.0. Uh, what is it, like 25 years later, or 35 years later, they have the Stockton Malone 2.0. Uh, Kevin, I want to go to you. Do you like this uh, signing and, and core that they're locking into for the next five years? Yeah, I mean, I think when I was looking at this, I was talking, thinking about it. Like, I never really liked Rudy Gobert that much. Um, he's he, he's okay. Is he $205 million worth? No. Um, but they had to do it because teams like the Jazz, they don't – no one goes – who wants to go to Utah? I mean, one of my best friends live in Utah. I'll visit Utah. I don't want to live in Utah. And, like, they're not going to get players to go there. And so, essentially, you have to give guys like that $205 million because you got to keep them there and stay. Now, I will say I do like Mitchell a little bit more than most people do. Um, I think he can score. He's, he had a rough year last year. Um, but I think that – I think he can bounce back this year. And, like, you know, Coach was talking about, I actually like how they built the team. Dennis Lindsay there is the – Vice president executive kind of runs the operations, player operations. He's done a good job of getting guys that fit their system. And Quinn Snyder is a hell of a coach. I really love yes. Quinn. He's one of my Duke guys, so I got to throw him out there. But they, they play really well together, and they do play. They have a very good rotation. They have good guys. They fit well. I don't know if they have the dudes to beat the top teams in the Western Conference, but a team like Utah, they got to do this because they're not going to get anybody else. And then what happens if you lose them? You're not going to get anybody else. You can't replace that production. And I actually don't think it really hurts their offense. I know everybody's like, well, he's a big. Yeah, but he fits pretty well. He's a good defensive um, standalone guy back there. He rebounds. He does what good enough. And he's, he's long enough and he's athletic enough on the pick and rolls to kind of cause issues for NBA guys. He's not great, but he's not terrible at it. And if an injury happens to another team, you could get lucky like Toronto did. And, and mm -hmm. you know, that you have all those pieces together. Like if said AD or LeBron went down, you – like that team is damn good enough to, to to advance on if that were to happen. Yeah, and here's my take on the Jazz: they could beat anyone, and they could lose to anyone. They they yeah. play to their competition. I love. I'm a huge Rudy Gobert fan. I mean, he's he's grabbed 17 boards apiece in each of his first two games, playing only 28 and a half minutes each game, uh, averaging 19 points. He's someone where even if he doesn't block shots, he's going to alter it. So. I think, like you said, Kevin, people don't come to Utah. They've drafted really well. They've drafted Gordon Hayward, who unfortunately they lost in free agency for nothing. But they got Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, both later first-round picks. I think Donovan Mitchell was 14 and Gobert was in the 20s. So really good scouting on their part. And that's how you're going to retain these players. I love that core. But my issue is, and once again, we talk about you know maybe players getting two or three years traded in. 
is when their super maxes kick in, I think it's going to take up over 70% of their salary cap. Yeah. So you're talking about then getting young talent or banking on players buying out or taking pay cuts to come to you. I don't think that core is good enough to win it by itself. I don't think they're a LeBron and AD or uh, a Kyrie and KD or yeah, Kyrie and KD where, you know, okay, we can just put it on these two and have a bunch of role players. I don't think they're at that level, but I do love it because if you have a really good big man that you can play, I think that's a, a tough matchup for teams. And I think that's why the Warriors drafted somebody like James Wiseman so that they can defend the Rudy Gobert's, the Anthony Davises, and not have to go small ball like we saw Miami do against the Lakers in the finals and ultimately get beat down. Yeah, but. no, I agree. I think that's a good call. I mean, you like Rudy better than way more than me, apparently. Oh. Um, but Fantasy, I know- basketball, darling, blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage, points. You name it. He's I've, got it. I've actually never found a Rudy Gobert stand, so it's kind of weird. Like, I'm staring at one. It's like a unicorn out here. No, I mean, okay. I get it. I agree with you, but I said that cap situation, like you talked yeah. about, it's going to be hard to bring guys in there, and Donovan, yeah. Donovan's going to have to take that next step. If Donovan takes that next step, absolutely. If he I, doesn't, tough. And I like that he signed this Supermax. I, on our um, preview show, I said the Hawks should trade for him because I mm-hmm. thought that the relationship between – Mitchell and Gobert was fractured. I'm glad to see that it's good enough to the point where they both feel confident signing those Supermaxes because obviously this was when COVID first happened. Imagine getting someone sick and then being okay playing with them for the foreseeable future. So I'm glad that they kind of buried that. But I think they got over that and it shows Donovan's maturity. But like Kevin said, like what what's the other option here? Like do you trade for John Collins? I don't, that's definitely a downgrade. Yeah, like that's not I, a good – but then you don't have to pay him as much. And maybe get some young assets with it, like Hunter or somebody. But uh, I, I would be reluctant to to make that move without seeing it out a, a couple of years. Rumor is that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell got over their differences by having a Zoom video date and eating ice cream and talking about their exes. Just what I heard. <laughs> but I want to talk about some people that don't have that Brinks truck backing up yet, and hopefully in their foreseeable future. And I'm going to start out with my guy, John Collins, who did not agree to a contract extension with Atlanta. Good. Leave the Southeast division. I don't want to see you four times a year coming from a Wizards fan. He's going to be a restricted free agent in 2021. But it's interesting because Atlanta traded for Clint Capella, signed Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Danilo Gallinari. And they're all making 18-plus mil through 2023. So he's likely gone. They're not going to find the money to sign him, especially since they're going to re-sign Trey Young. So, Kevin, I want to start with you. Who do you see as a potential sooner, whether it's a uh, uh, sign and trade or they sign him in the offseason? Yeah, so I really like Collins because I think he fits what the NBA is becoming. Um, and and I, what I really like what he did last year, what he what he showed last year, he shot, he shot 40% from three-point land. And, so, and he had a career high of 3.6 triples per game. So, for me – that's kind of what I like to see out of him. And I think he's a good stretch four, six foot nine. You know, and he has that ability. Um, I saw a couple of things. So one I saw, cause they could actually fit. And like we just talked about them, Brooklyn needs somebody. Now I don't know if they would do this deal, but I saw where they would basically it was Collins to Brooklyn for Jared Allen um, and Brooklyn's 2021st first round pick. I would do uh, it. 
That'd be an interesting deal. I mean, if the Hawks are going to lose him for nothing, I feel like maybe that would be where they go. I know they could match it, but I don't think the money will work unless they not to cut you off. But if if you can get Rondo in that, like it makes it way more appealing now that the Dinwiddie thing is happening. Like if you can steal Rondo, which I don't know how he's even going to be like a big factor for Atlanta, but if you can steal him out of that, that makes your uh, trade mock your mock trade makes way more sense too. I know that would actually fit well, right? So I think Brooklyn is a very good possibility for him, depending on how the pieces work. Um, there's a couple teams I was looking. Now he wants money, so Collins wants the max. So when I was looking at it, I was saying he he could either go to some young teams like the Pistons or the Thunder. Yeah, like hey, maybe they'll just offer him the max. I mean, the Thunder's got to pay somebody, so they got to have to have to have a roster at some point. Um, the Timberwolves were another interesting thought I had. Maybe they could pair them, but I, again, money wise though. Uh, I, I don't know how that would work. They probably could make it work. And it, a sleeper pick for me was the Spurs. Um, I thought maybe the Spurs could move on after LaMarcus. Maybe they can kind of maybe find an area there and, and they could kind of build with, with Collins. So those are some of my teams that I liked. Yeah, great. And, and I don't want to take away from Coach. The Spurs were mine. I'll touch on that in a second. But I know he's itching to talk about some John Collins. So Coach hop in. Um, that, that I thought that was that was very interesting, Kevin. How you said the T Wolves because I thought it was a good fit as well. And then I thought like, who do you who do you give back that Atlanta would want to like to make that happen? Um, like Culver or some of these these younger guys. I I, I just don't see it in Atlanta's roster is so full with not just like players that are playing right now, but also young prospects. So it's a hard it's a, it's just a hard team to to, to come over trades. Now I know Windhorse. Uh, reported that he turned down a four for 90 mil. So it, he definitely indicates that he wants the max. So wherever he goes, they're going to have to max him out um, to keep him. Uh, I, I filled with other trade ideas. I thought about Chicago. I thought about Detroit. I thought about Charlotte. Um, but every time I'm like, I hit a wall and I usually can find, uh, I can find something to put together. Um, but I honestly think they, they, they can't find a center to keep him and he has to walk. I think that they won't be able to get their assets in return. And that happens sometimes with uh, players. And, and when you make moves like Bogdanovich, which I know that they made that play after John turned down that first four for 90 million. Yeah. So they made the play for Bogdanovich because John Collins was not going to agree to that. And um, so we'll, we'll see, but uh, the hypothetical trades, I couldn't put one to, together. Yeah. It's tough because I think Atlanta, I mean, John Collins is producing so far in this year, and I don't think they want to give up nothing if they have a chance to win something this year. Um, I just need to trash Atlanta management for, for a quick sec. I don't get why you trade for an injured Clint Capella last year who just signed a contract extension and literally plays the same position that John Collins does. Also, why do you sign Danilo Gallinari to a three-year, $61.5 million contract He's 32 years old. He has chronic bad feet, which are already bothering him. Now, if you want to go all in, sign him for like a one-year $23 million contract, kind of like what the Pelicans did with J.J. Redick, where you front-load it, give him one year, then you get him at a discount the following year. But if you're telling me you don't sign two out of those three players and you lock in John Collins, you have him and Trey Young. Um, I'm with Kevin. I thought the Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge is aging. He did have off-season shoulder surgery. The Spurs typically like to build around big men dating back to David Robinson and Tim Duncan. I could see a potential core with him, DeRozan. If, if they choose to keep him, Lonnie Walker, DeJunte Murray, 
Um, I, I think that's a team that they're looking to make a splash and sign another young forward. And I think John Collins would be the focus of that team and get paid, which is what he's looking for. Um, but now we're going to talk about another person that's waiting on that paycheck. And he comes from a notorious family that seems to have some money. That's Lonzo Ball. He did not agree to a contract extension with the Pelicans. And it's interesting because they just signed Brandon Ingram to the Supermax and they traded for Eric Bledsoe's contract, which is kind of similar to Drew Holiday of 18 mil a year over the next couple of years. Zion is going to make 10 to 13 mil, depending on the year in his rookie contract. But other than that, not a lot of commitments. So, Coach, I want to start with you on this one. Does Lonzo leave? And if he does, where does he go to? Um, well, I didn't think about where he was going to go to, honestly. Um, although his father wants him to go to Charlotte, of course. Um, they also they also extended Stephen Adams for a couple more years, which I, which is a little bit of a head scratcher because you know he's an interior big and they already have uh, Zion's. I love me some Stephen Adams. Don't get me wrong, and he has uh, trade um, qualities. Uh, but I'm I'm probably uh, I wouldn't have offered it right away for as for as far as Stephen Adams is concerned. I'm sure he enjoys and loves playing with Zion. Why wouldn't he? They seem like a great fit, and um, they seem to have a good, really good friendship. I saw the when Lonzo bought the team Xboxes and how Zion was going crazy over that. That was that was fun from last year. Uh, he's shown signs of improving, especially with his defensive instincts. He had five steals yesterday um, in a three ball. He's making. He made more than Devin Booker last year, which. It, the book. He, he was over, well, I think it was like 2.3 three pointers made last year. It's really shaped up to be a solid starting guard in the NBA. The Pelicans had to offer him something, but it probably wasn't what he was looking for. Probably looking for more. So, does Lonzo seek elsewhere or does he prioritize uh, staying with a core that includes Zion Williamson? I love Ingram and he looks even better this year. He looks like he took an even another bigger step. I mean, I think he had 11 assists in one of these games. So it's interesting to see where the Pelton, Pelicans go here. Uh, but uh, as far as his potential suitors, I, I really haven't got, given a thought on that. I like the fit with him there. I think okay. it's moving the other pieces that are going to be difficult, like E-Bled and Steven Adams. On it. Okay, then that, that's a good point. Kevin, what about you? Yeah, I like Lonzo Ball. Um, I think that he, I think that's just a bad team that he's around. I don't know. I, I just Eric Bledsoe to me and Lonzo don't work well together. Um, and and I, it's just because Bledsoe can't shoot. And so and Lonzo now Lonzo will talk about that in a minute with the shooting. But I just don't necessarily like that fit. I think Ingram needs the ball a lot, and I think Lonzo likes the ball a lot. So I think that's a hard that's a hard area. Um, as far as the contract goes, that he's going to get fifty million somewhere. If Markel Fultz gets fifty million, he's going to get fifty million. Um, so the whole idea is where he's going to go. I think he became a better shooter last year. So synergy. I looked. I looked up his shooting because I was interested to see what his shooting was. So off the catch, he was at about sixty percent adjusted field goal percentage in catch and shoot situations, and then that number rose to about sixty five percent when he was unguarded. So he actually can shoot better than what people give him credit for and so when you talk about catch and shoot situations i really want him to go play off the ball somewhere so i i thought of two areas and one is because i think it's a great fit and one i think it's because the team is dumb so the mavs i think is actually a good fit. Are you, wait are you gonna are you gonna take the one that i think is dumb 
Uh, we'll see. So the Mavs, I think, is a great fit because of Luca. Because I think Luca playing off the ball, that offense is very good. I mean, Carlisle is the best, one of the best coaches in the NBA. But that offense would actually fit him pretty well. I think they have the cap space, and I think even with Porzingis' contract, it wouldn't be a terrible contract. Um, and then the other one, I think, just because they're dumb, would be the Knicks. Oh would- my gosh, Kevin! Why? 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 <laughs> Just because they they just need the star power, right? And so I think the Knicks might give them the most money. So that came to my mind too. As soon as like you started talking, I'm like, New York, big city. They they've been thriving to get a point guard. It's him. I just feel like the Knicks are that dumb that they would pay him more than so he would take the money to go to New York. But I think the Mavs is the best fit for him personally. Kevin, I can't disagree with anything you've said. I didn't think about the Mavs as a good landing spot for development wise. I was just thinking he's chasing the money and it's going to go to New York. And for someone like Dolan, I could see him being like, oh, well, Lonzo is a big name. He might not be a star, but let me pay him. And they do have a log jam at four. They have Kevin Knox, they have Julius Randle, they have RJ Barrett, uh, they have Obi Toppin. They don't really have as many guards. So I could totally that seeing them make a splash with that. Um, some other quick contracts I want to touch on that we're not going to really talk about. OG Ananobi. Uh, four years, 72 mil extension, good for him. Jonathan Isaacs, four year, uh, 80 mil extension, a little uh, head scratching considering he has a serious injury. Markel Fultz, good for him, three year, 50 mil <laughs> after looking like a bust. I mean, he's cashing in. Kyle Kuzma, three year, 40 mil extension, good for him as well. Um, but I want to transition now. We guys, we've played a week of, of NBA games. We have somewhat of a sample size, and in a 72 game season, each game is going to carry a little bit more significance. And we're each going to have two takeaways. Now, this could be a player, a team, officiating, anything. Kevin, what's your first takeaway? So my first, I'm a coach at heart, and I'm old guy, so I know this is going to sound like the old guy yelling at But it's hard for me to watch the NBA right now because offense, there's no defense. I miss defense, and I miss dudes playing hard on defense and, like, just give me some effort. Hey, just show a little bit, right? Like, just give me something. And when I watched the NBA, I was watching it with one of my other – he's coaches with me. He's a coach with me a long time. Every offense is a high screen and roll, shooter dives to the corner, or a pin down screen for three. Like, that is – I know that's the NBA. I get it. And I understand that. But when I watch it, I just miss that. I just miss that action. I never thought I would miss, you know, the triangle. But I actually miss just something – out there that can just show me some type of post up movement ball, you know, swinging the ball. I think some teams do it well, but I just miss defense and I miss those high screener rolls and, and, and actually give me some ball movement there. And then every time there's an offensive rebound, I know you guys see it. Oh, there's a three going up. There is nothing else but a three going up. It doesn't matter where it's going. I mean, Marcus all shooting what 30 footers the other night. And so it just, it gets me, it gets me upset. I just miss my defense and I miss my, I miss my 80 to 78 games. I know most people aren't. I know you guys think I'm old, but that, I miss those things. I just miss those little nuances of basketball. Kevin, you're upset. I'm depressed. <laughs> you took my point again. I literally – I, I was like, wow, is he going where I think he's going? So I'm going to go to my other one that I had. And for me, the Warriors dynasty is over. It is over. I don't care if Clay comes back. I don't care if Draymond comes back. That dynasty is over. Kelly Oubre – I wanted. I pulled up the stat, and I was really hoping that Brad was going to be on the show because he he thinks Kelly Oubre is handsome, and he might be, but he is zero for thirty. He, he also said that. He also said that they shouldn't trade CP three for Oubre. 
Wait, wait. But go ahead. Wait, are you guys ready? He's 0 for 31 on non-dunk attempts this season. Yeah. Steph Curry is 32. That There are just so many more contenders there. I mean, the Warriors over under for the season was 38, and that was an easy under for me. I'm a betting guy. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, they don't even look competitive. They beat the Bulls by one the other day, and that was at Chicago, and Chicago's a bottom-tier team. I don't. If, I think if they make the playoffs this year, that will be a celebration. I know that you can never trade Steph and Clay because of what they've meant to the organization, but if you really wanted to have no soul and you were the GM – you would trade them and get value and rebuild. Um, but coach, I want to go with you to your next point. All right. Um, uh, Kevin, I, I don't know how old you are exactly. I'm, I'm 31. So I'm, I'm used to growing up when that uh, 90s basketball. I'm 31. So we're the same age. Absolutely. You speak to my soul. Yeah. The, the battles, the wars, the two guards going head up, guarding each other. Hello. <laughs> Um, looking each other in the face, like in their pockets, yeah. guarding, checking you. I want to get the better of you, T Mac and Kobe going heads up. Like, I, I, I so I, that was not the like where I was going with any of my conversation, but I, I, I can totally agree with you on that. I went the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's funny because Eric touched on my bad and ugly, but my bad is the Warriors, too. I gotta, I gotta agree with you. It, they look awful. It appears Steph Curry is getting a bit exposed for his ability to lead a team by himself. And it doesn't look like that it comeback MVP is in play. Draymond Green not being playing, not playing. Obviously, that he, he does a lot for that team on both ends. Um, Steph's gonna have nights where uh, he's gonna go off, but he's also gonna have nights where he's gonna get beat up, which is is an ugly scene. And you mentioned him, Kelly Oubre Jr. And Wiggins are clearly inefficient shooters and ugly fits for Steph Curry. It's not a good look, and it's not going to go well. Dynasty is over. I wanted to hold on to hopes that they had a potential uh, back-end playoff team or even like a play-in um, tournament team. But it's it, it's sad to see. I think they got blown out by like 27 and then what, like 40-something the next, the next time they went out the first two games. Yeah. And they barely won on a game winner yesterday, so – I look for them to be in a lottery, but it's 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 an ugly sight to see Steph Curry just get his just get his tail beat in every night. So I, that's my first point, and I'll save the good for last because there's a lot of. Oh, coach! I mean, we're already on you. Just give me your second point, but I do want to make a quick note. I called that the Nets were going to blow out the Warriors on opening night, and I hammered that minus seven and a half. <laughs> that was for you, coach. Let me hear your second takeaway. Beautiful transition because it goes right into the good. Um, the Nets, and I've been waiting to do this since right after our first pod when they played the Wizards in the preseason. The Nets are the real deal, holy field. And my new favorite to come out the East, um, they're the biggest threat to the Lakers in my eyes. That is with health being in play. Obviously, they lost just they just lost Dinwiddie, but I'm thinking more of Kyrie. Like I expect Kevin to be back. He is who we thought he is. He's back, folks, and he's coming on a mission to take that crown. Um, he was the second-best player in the NBA when he left. He's the only person in the last 10 years that I can make a valid argument that this guy is, is better than LeBron James at a certain point in a certain time period. So um, it's dependent on health. 
But uh, Harris was getting wide open looks. Karis LeVert is looking like a certified lock at that six man of the year favorite. Jordan and Allen are setting the tone in the paint. Um, and they also have versatility. Shamit, or I really like, which he's going to have to take a bigger role with uh, Dinwiddie out. Jeff Green and Torian Prince line up with maybe KD, like going smaller. Um, KD is clearly not afraid to um, go heads up with you at the rim. As you saw, he was on the tough end against Terry Rogier, but you gotta love that if you're a Nets fan or you're on the uh, coaching staff, which brings me to my last point on the good is I love um, Steve Nash He's looking like a Steve Kerr, and it seems to have instantly won their respect of the locker room with Kyrie giving him the game ball after game one. So the good is I, the Nets are goddamn serious. Like, I'm scared of them as a Lakers fan, a LeBron fan. Like, if if KD were to beat LeBron in the finals, I don't know what I would do. I'd lose my crap. But um, they are clearly intriguing. And I know I think the, the Bucks to come out the East, but they are, like, it, they look like my new favorite. And maybe it's an early season I'm overreacting, but – my eyes don't lie. That team is everything. I, I, you guys can't see what I'm doing, but I'm flip-flopping my hands because Coach sounds like a politician right now. Uh, so we're going to do to somebody that doesn't flip-flop, I hope, and that's Co- or, uh, Kevin. Let me hear your second bold prediction or takeaway. Yeah, I mean, one real thing on Ubre, I like that point you brought up, but I wonder, like, why the Warriors got spooked after Clay went down. And they gave up a first round pick, but who else was the hell was giving them a first round pick for Ubre? So like I feel like they over they bought that a little bit too much. Um, but my my second one that I, the one kind of observation I had, and it's a positive one. It, I really think that the rookies have looked pretty good so far in a down year. Like uh, they everybody said, all oh, this class is trash, and I mean they wasn't the greatest. I mean, we, but with COVID and the NCAA tournament, everything kind of getting canceled. I know some people are out, but I mean Anthony Edwards has looked okay in one game. Wiseman looks like he's the truth. I actually think Wiseman's actually pretty good. I he, he fits that team. Um, Patrick Williams, um, Halliburton. I love Halliburton. Halliburton's my boy because I love Sacramento. Um, so, you know, that he's going to be there. He's looked good. Cole Anthony looked good the other night. I think these guys are going to be – this is going to be an okay class. I don't know if we're going to get some superstars out of this class. Uh, quickly looked good before you got hurt, those type of guys. I don't know necessarily if we're going to get superstars, but I think these are going to be solid – players that I, that I think that we're going to look back on this draft class and I know it's only been a week but I think we'll look back on this draft class and be like hey you know what he came from that class like he came from that class and that was a solid class unlike maybe a top heavy class with no depth I think this one has some depth yeah and and good point and, and fortunately you didn't steal my second one that's good I, I, mean, I think we all thought that it was going to be a down year this year and you're right there's been a lot of rookies that have been making impacts right away and maybe not even the ones at the top of the drafts the Cole Anthony's that you had mentioned my second takeaway, and I was really eye on him on our fantasy guard preview. Trey Young is a monster, averaging 36 and a half points his first two games, eight assists, four and a half rebounds. Hawks are off to a 2 0 start, and he's only averaged 30.5 minutes in those games because they've been doing such a good job of blowing them out. It's six minutes into the Pistons game, the Hawks Pistons game, and he already has seven points. His range is unlimited. He's a great shooter. He knows how to distribute the ball. And Atlanta is tailoring the offense to him. I wish they still had prop bets up on my site for winning MVP because I think Trey Young is going to play every day. He's not that old veteran that needs load management or needs to take every other day off. I think Atlanta is gunning for it. They're an up-and-coming team, and it's all because of Trey Young. And gosh, I wish I had him in fantasy this year. But that is a side note. But 
We are going to transition now to our question of the week. And we are sponsored by Shady Rays. Drums, please. Shady, shady, shady rays. Shady rays, baby. They block your eyes so vision doesn't go away. Winter is here. The weather is cruel. But come summer, don't you want to be cool? Making fun of me for this is childish. But I'm over here chilling all stylish. When you help. You get the good feels. With every order, they donate 10 meals. Shady, shady, shady rays. Shady rays, baby. They block your eyes so vision doesn't go away. That's 25% off your order at shadyrays.com with the code triple play. That applies to everything besides the RX series. And my girlfriend is looking at me in the background and it looks like she wants to break up with me. So maybe I'll need a new pair of shady rays when Rona's over and pick up some new girls. <laughs> but our question of the week is, who has the worst contract in NBA history? Kevin, you're the guest. I want to start with you. Which team made a boo-boo and which player uh, just capitalized on capitalism and ran all the way to the bank? Oh, okay. So I think that could be a couple different ones. And I was looking at it from like, which team was the dumbest? So this one works works both ways. Mine was a a double one here. And I think our boy coach knows this one. So mine was Timothy Mozgov and Luol Deng. They got a combined $136 million. Um, And for me, Mozgov got four years, 64 million for a guy that he only played basically 25 minutes in the finals the, the year that they had in 2016. Um, and then to get rid of them, they had to trade D'Angelo Russell. And so for me, it was the money plus the asset that they had to do just to get that off the books. Um, and then Dang, he got his $72 million. And he, and he had, you know, he basically played just 79 games in the four years that he was supposed to be on their team. Um, and so those two contracts, I know there were some other massive ones out there, but those two for me, because of the asset given up and because I really hate the Lakers, I feel like that was just a bad move by both of those those areas. That, that was just a bad cup check. got fired after that. It was a bad, bad, I feel bad for him. Great answer. Great answer. I like how you lumped them together and basically said the Lakers effed up that entire summer and gave away much money. Coach, I'll allow you to get two answers because uh, Kevin did. So let me hear your your worst contract. I know you probably have like five, but give me like one. Dude, me and Kevin are totally on the same page with all this. And I, I definitely thought about those contracts. Like I, that was the summer of giving out love and giving out a lot of money, <laughs> yeah. um, which brings me uh, uh, to my point. And um, yeah, hear me out, Doc. It's the Wizards. <laughs> Gilbert Arenas uh, personally holds the worst. Uh, Six-year, 111 mil. Um, he would play 68 games in those four years, which is uh, technically less than um, Luau Dang's, what, 74? Uh, knee problems, of course, uh, other issues, you know, bringing guns in the locker room. Like, what, what are we doing here? Um, John, John Wall's max four years, 171. Uh, wasn't right, looking that, good. That's true. That's true because no, you're starting, no, 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 Coach, you coach you're, starting, you're starting to step on uh, mine. I picked the Wizards as no, well. I picked the you, Wizards as well. I'm cutting you off. I'm muting you. You're, you're, you're towing along where mine You picked the Wizards as well? 
I did pick the Wizards as well. That's an easy uh, hometown answer. If you if you do not say the name no, as on my list, I'm not gonna ruin it. Okay. All right. Guys, sit back. Let me tell you a story. It's the summer of 2016. Kevin Durant's a free agent. All the teams are clearing out their cap for him. The Wizards clear all of their cap, but they don't even get a visit. Not a sniff. Not even a mention on Twitter. That's the Wizards' strike one. No big deal. There's a lot of other free agents out there. Let's just pitch to Al Horford, the wizard killer who eliminated them the year before. Oh, it's neck and neck with Boston. It's coming down. Oh, the Wizards have a slight edge. Ernie Grunfeld can't close the deal, and he signs with the Celtics. Strike two. Well, most hitters know when it's an 0-2 count. The pitcher isn't going to throw them something good and that they should wait, that they should have some patience. But not the Wizards, not Ernie Grunfeld for you. What does he do? Well, the first thing. Let's sign Jan Mahimi to a four-year, $64 million contract. Let's just outbid ourselves. Let's just keep jacking up the price. I don't think Jan Mahimi had even a two-year offer at that point, but he's not done yet. Let's sign Andrew Nicholson, the fourth-string powered forward for the Orlando Magic, to a four-year, $26 million offer. He's going to shore up some holes at small forward, right? Eh, not really. His contract was so bad the Wizards had to trade him and a first round to get Bojan Bogdanovic for a rental in 2016. So they basically had to pay the Nets the first round pick, which was Jared Allen, to offload Nicholson's contract. But wait, there's more! They signed Jason Smith to a three-year, $16 million contract, citing that he has professionalism that the Wizards will need. Well, I'm glad to know that you're paying someone over $5 million a year to be professional when all of the players that you're signing are the big money ones should be professional. Great job, Ernie Grunfeld. Great job. I'm so glad you don't have a job anymore. Gosh, I just needed to get that off my chest. Whoever is listening, maybe like the five or ten of you that listen to me rant, just I needed to get this off my chest. My girlfriend is once again looking at me in the background. She is totally breaking up with me. She thinks I'm so weird, and that's fine. This was me four years ago, and I obviously haven't gotten over this. But great picks, everyone. Doc, I I love it. I love that you touched on that. Um, And I'd be remiss if I didn't say they also pinned up Otto Porter for the max. And then I'm not optimistic about this Bertans five for 80 mil. And I think that concludes our Wizards rant. But uh, we could write a whole book about these stories. We could. We could. And I might might write a book um, with a quill pen. You know, bring the quill pen back. So maybe like there's some positives, but good, good talk, gentlemen. And we're going to transition to our game of the week. And we're betting, guys, at least Kevin and I. Coach, maybe you are too. So I have a little over under and I have nine questions here. And I have a 10th one that we can do for fun. And... Basically, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a player and a stat, and you have to say if it's over or under that. So, like I said, we have nine categories, so it's an odd number. I have a tenth one as a one for a tiebreaker or bonus. Coach, we're going to start with you, and then we're going to go to Kevin. Now, these are some ridiculous uh, stats that I'm pulling up here, okay? So, so is there a right – there's a right answer on these? There, there is going to be a right. Each one is 50-50. 
So you're going to have to, I'm going to give you an, a player, a stat, and a number, and you're going to have to say whether it's over or under that. So, is that for like this season or like a previous season? You, no, you're going to hear it. So like I said, okay. there, there is absolutely no correlation between all of these. I was just in a random mood today, and I, you know, I just let my, my fingers do the talking on the internet. The first one, like I said, Coach, we're starting with you. Lou Will, career-high points per game in a season. Over under 21.5. Career high. I'm going to go over. Okay. And Kevin. Uh, I'm going over on Lou Will. All right. Well, one point for each of you guys. His career high was 22.6 points per game, which was in 2017-2018. Start with you guys. The next one. And Kevin, we will start with you. Dwight Howard, career-high rebounds in a game, over under 28.5. He had one game that was – I'm going to go under on that one, though. I think under, just under. Okay. Coach. Um, Although I feel like Kevin speaks to my soul in a lot of these questions, uh, I got to differ here because uh, let's make it a game. We'll go under. He went under, by the way. All right, well, you guys are both wrong. Um, he had 30. He did. And that was when he was with the Hornets in 2018. So, Coach, you should have just changed your answer. But we're going back to you. And it's James Harden's weight, Wait. according to Google. This is according to Google, <laughs> the amount of pounds that James Harden weighs, over under 225.5. Is this a, is this a current wager? It's a. It's according to Google. I don't know when they put it on there. And who's who's the source? <laughs> Google. You type in James Harden weight, and that's what came up, and that's what I'm basing it off of. Uh, I need Caesar's Hotel's number on this one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, based on on Google. I'm actually gonna go over. Okay. And oh, what was and, the number? 225.5. I'm going to say under. I think they have him under that. All right. Well, a point for Kevin. They do have him under. Now, we don't know <laughs> if it's accurate or not, but it says 220 on Google, which is why uh, I made sure I specified that. But, Kevin, we're going to start with you on this one. He's at least 240. I, I wish my weight was on Google. Shit. I would be a lot, I'd be a lot skinnier. Yeah. I mean, that's how you know you've made it big is when Google says how much, uh, how much you weigh. But, Kevin, we'll go to you for this one. And it is Matthew Delavadova career high points in a game. Over under 22.5. Over. Okay. Coach. Delly D is over. Um, so it's incorrect. His career high is 21. So ah. a big old X for both of you guys. And coach, we're going back to you for this. You know, it's funny. I feel like if we had Brad in here, he'd be oddly good at this game. Um, but, Coach, we're going to go with you for number five. Luka Doncic, career-high assists in a game, over under 17.5. Under. All right. Kevin. I'm going to go under as well. It's 17. You guys are both wrong. He had 19 in the bubble, August 8th. So... You guys are just awful at this game. You have a 50-50 shot and not even 50% there. I'm disappointed in you guys, Kevin. We won't be having you back. I'm That's all right. I'm trying, guys, okay? I'm just kidding. This next one, and Kevin, we're starting with you. 
Rashid Wallace career technical fouls over under 375.5. Oh, man, that's my boy Rashid. Uh, I'm going to go under. That's a lot of technicals. I'm going to say under, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's over. (laughs) What's funny is I looked at this once upon a time, not, not too, too long ago. Um, I, I don't know what reference put it up, but I, I feel like 275 is the number, but just to make this a game. And I think he's the leader. No, Charles Barkley is the leader all time. That should be a funny random question, a side note, but I, I'm going to go over. All right. Well, it's under. He has 373 career technical fouls, 41 ejections. So she'd definitely got into it with the refs. All right. So Kevin, you got three. James, you got one. You need to get the remaining three to uh, to have a chance, and we're starting you with this. The Lakers' best season win totals, playing 82 games, over under 68.5 wins in a season. Their best season ever. Their best season ever. Um, by the way, number two on that list is Carl Malone. I'm going to go under. Okay. And Kevin? Yeah, under as well. All right, well, it's over. They went 69 and 13 in 1971 and 72. So, slightly above that. That's a long time ago. All right, well, we got two more and the old Goodrich team. <laughs> we got we got two more and I mean, coach, you're going to need a Hail Mary to tie. And we are starting with you on this. Actually, I think we're starting with Kevin actually. The amount of games that was Suspended by the NBA by all the all of the players included in the malice of the palace, over under 149.5 games total suspended. And I'll give you a hint: nine total players got suspended. Oh, I know. I watched that game. I remember that game fluidly. I, I'm going to say it, it's very close, but it's going to be it's going to be close. I'm going to say over though, but it's close. All right, coach. Um, that's amazing, Kev, because I can actually relate with somebody on this on this pod that was actually watching this live, and the fact that it, like the game stopped and then the cup landed on the chest, one of those games that you you will never never forget if you watched it. Um, November nineteenth, two thousand four. I won't forget. I mean, Stephen Jackson won't let you remembers. But coach, the answer over under. Um, I'm gonna go. What'd you go with, Kev? I'm gonna go with the opposite. You went. You went. Under, right? I'll go over. No, Kevin went over. I went over. I'll go under then. All right. Well, it is under. It was 146. Yeah, I knew. That's why I think Ron Artest was suspended 73 games. Yeah. All right, Coach. Well, you got to go with the opposite on this. And we are starting with you. The game-winning three that Damian Lillard hit against the Thunder to send them home in the playoffs, was it over under 38.5 feet from the basket? I'm going to go under. Okay. All right, Kevin, are you going to block him or are you going to go for the real win? No, I'm going to go over because I'm not a wuss. I'll say over. Yeah. All right, well, it was under. Uh, so, what is exactly 38 probably? It was uh, 37 feet. 37 feet. So close. I told you that there is no correlation between all these. These are as random as they get. So the last one, and it is the tiebreaker – um, Kevin, I'm going to start with you, coach. You just got to do the opposite. So, so it's up to me. Yeah, it, it basically is. And this is a good one. JaVale McGee 
career high in points. <laughs> Under 28.5. Uh, I'm going to go under, but McGee's going to screw me here, but I'm going to go under. Over, of course. It's JaVale freaking McGee. You went on a Hail Mary. Uh, His career high was 33 with the Lakers. A 33.20 rebound game. A career for JaVale McGee, even though he had that triple-double with 12 blocks one time. Coach, an improbable comeback, sweeping the last three, earning some respect. 15 seconds of FaceTime is yours. It is go ahead. Uh, yeah, sure thing. Um, Kev, thanks for being such a good uh, player, gentleman on the show. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'm going to wish everybody a, a happy new year. Um, it, it's been a wonderful ride being on this uh, Triple Play Fantasy podcast. I've, I've met some new people. Um, I've been blessed to grow a little bit closer with the people that I've been doing with it. Doc, Brad, that's not with us. Uh, uh, Steve Buckins, uh, Ricky Pierce, uh, Adrian Danley, thank you so much. I can't wait for the interviews to continue and for uh, our pod to grow. I love it. I'm so blessed. And uh, again, I wish everyone a happy holidays previously, but uh, that 2021, everybody gets vaccinated. We can remove the masks. That's my, that's my take. Retweet everything you said, Coach. Kevin, is there anything that you're working on or any projects upcoming that you want to plug? Um, yeah, you know, I'm just, you can, you, uh, the NFL draft's coming up, so I'm just doing a bunch of stuff for rookies and drafts and um, kind of going there and just excited for the new year and hopefully we get everything back to normal. So you can always find me at hammercast.com. Um, I'm running their website now, so I'm getting a new, I'm kind of busy with that. And so uh, I'm mostly Debbie fantasy football and then every once in a while some fantasy basketball. I love everything about Kevin besides he's a Duke fan coming from a Maryland guy. You can find him at Twitter at Dubois underscore 22. We will be back next week. We're going to be talking a little bit fantasy because we know that's what a lot of people came for. We will talk with you then. Enjoy some NBA and stay safe, everyone.